0: Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Utacast episode 265. Uh, this week, our longtime friend, the original starting host of the Utacast, Aaron Higgins, is back. We have a great conversation about uh, just about not having seen each other for a long time, stresses of the world, uh, getting my master's degree. We talk about the state of education, uh, about what we can expect for September. Great conversation, as always. Talk a bit about baseball. Uh, also this week, Kevin and I are back talking about a potential vaccine breakthrough at the Oxford University. Then some downer news about Trump and COVID. We'll talk about uh, some of the uh, thanks. I hate it. No, that's not the one. What's the other segment we do? I'm done with the guy. Uh, I'm done with this guy. That's the segment. Thank you over there. Uh, history lessons, uh, Spotify picks, all of this, folks, and so much more. We are happy as always to have you here. I haven't had a, this is just the James I didn't do anything fancy. Sometimes you yeah, mean, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, sometimes you come in here with like something fancy, like I made an old fashioned. Oh, almost
1: never. Old fashioned isn't even fancy. It's fancy for no, me. No,
0: it's super easy. I can show you. We'll do it right now. we will do it right now? We'll That's teach the listeners. on the air?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, welcome back to the show, folks. Episode 265. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice round number, but it doesn't mean anything. Nope. <laughs> Cheers. It's good to see you. Uh, I uh, still kind of hung over from this vacation. I know it sounds terrible, but mm, not uh, actually hung over. Not straight hung over from no, no. alcohol. No, 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 no. Just like mentally mm-hmm. hung over, worn out. Yeah, it's a lot. A weeks a lot. I also sort of tried to avoid the news mm. a little bit this week, um, which was a mistake when I had to prepare for the show today and everything came crashing down upon me. And yeah, I was yeah. Like, oh, mm-hmm. what a mistake mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, how have you been though? I always start with my bullshit. How you been? How's things?
1: Um, things are good. It was good. See him all right. Uh we played I had to play at a wedding over the weekend. Yeah, you were back. Yeah. Back it was in the, the high first life. time back since since very early March. It was weird. We were playing up next to an in ground pool, but like keeping people away from us because you know, no disease for us. True. So we were we were kinda of up in our own like corner playing down at the patio. But it was fun to get back out there and play songs even though it was really hot and I got stung by a wasp.
0: Yeah, I heard <laughs> I got stung by a wasp so in terrible. the middle of a song. Yeah. Uh, I already know the answer to this, but uh, mm-hmm. was there any sort of drop off in performance at um, the time you were gone?
1: No, it didn't feel like it. No. It didn't. Every, I mean, everybody, when you play all cover songs and all stuff like this, and especially, you know. Like the wedding the party settings you know there's a lot of songs you play a lot it's just muscle memory you know how it goes you know what I mean like once you know a song you pretty much know the song and it might take you a minute to be like oh yeah this but like once you know it
0: you know it alright so this is a tough question uh, mm. when we were playing when we were younger yes we sort of knew what songs we killed and which ones we didn't kill correct If you know off the top of your head, if you feel comfortable saying, what was the song you killed the most? Yesterday? Yesterday. Um,
1: so we played weird stuff, because a lot of our songs that are big killers in the set, we don't play at, like, weddings. Sure. Because nobody wants to hear, like, Won't Get Fooled Again by The Who at a wedding. (laughs) Cool weddings, but not all weddings are cool weddings, right? Um, yesterday, we specifically, uh, we stomped Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel, which, as the bass player, is always, always, always a lot of fun for me to be able to step out a little bit and, uh... Get some low and cranking, and also we played Rebel Yell by Billy Idol, and people were way into it. And we played yeah. that song really, really, really well, so that was fun to see people like get a little kicked up around the pool in four minutes, where you know the old folks getting married, where punking up a little bit.
0: I'd like to, like, uh, if I ever get older and marry someone with the same musical taste as me, mm. I want to have like that wedding from the SNL commercial where it's like the Husker du band just yeah, screaming they're... around at the wedding and mm. knocking things over. Be yeah, amazing. It's a good plan. Uh, I'd like to settle up, I'd like to settle into Old Punk Man as I get older. I'm not mm. really that guy anymore. Yeah, yeah. I'm watching too many Finn McEntee videos.
1: Punking but... up as you get older. <laughs> Punking up. I'm Punking sorry. up, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. I like Old Man Punk stuff, though, as I get older. Mm. It's not, it's not a terrible lane as
1: it's you It's not age. the worst lane. It's not the worst lane to age I play into.
0: it up for my nephews and nieces more. They yeah. Because they don't love
1: music the way I love music. No. Of course not. Uh-huh. These kids don't know. I got Minecraft and YouTubers and mm-hmm. unboxing videos.
0: Uh, joining us this week, uh, Aaron Higgins. Hey, no shit. Yeah, Aaron Higgins on the show this week. We actually had a quite serious conversation about, mm. uh, obviously, the state of the world. We haven't talked to each other in a while. We haven't seen much of each other, mm-hmm. because of everything, obviously, but we don't go out all that often together anyway, even before this was going on. True. <laughs> we're like uh, homebodies a little bit. True. Uh, but it was great talking to where We talked a lot about education, about whether or not we think we're going back to school in mm. September. Spoiler alert, we were not... Super confident. <laughs> mm. uh, we talked a little bit about baseball, although I have to admit she wasn't quite as excited for baseball as I was hoping when I asked her. Hey, what do you think of baseball coming back? She's mm. like, let me tell you what my thoughts are. And I was like, oh, no.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm, I'm with her, though. you excited for baseball? Um, I mean, not as
1: excited as some people are to not be excited about it. Mm. I'll say. I don't know. Like, they're going to play games. That's better than no games. Games are better than no games. I don't need to like, talk myself into, well... These games don't actually count, so how dare I enjoy it? Like, yeah, whatever. Let them play games.
0: I'm struggling to get excited for these soccer games in the in the post. Your team's already won, won the, the championship, yeah. though.
1: But That's I'm, different.
0: There's still stuff going on. I'm just struggling to like get up in the morning at 7 a.m. and turn them on. You've on already side. won. Yeah, <laughs> you've already won. <laughs> Basking in the afterglow.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, I did talk a bit with Aaron about uh, getting my degree in the mail, mm. which I posted a picture of on the internet. Not yes. for me, but for someone who we can't talk about on this show, who really wanted to. Right, your mother yeah (laughs) no, it it made sense like i didn't i I even said it in the post i'm not it's not really in my nature to no check this out i'm with you on that but again you know a lot of people went out of their way to help me out over the last however many years Mm. and uh and i felt like it was important that they got to gotta share the glory yeah share the glow right with them so yeah good stuff i got a little depressed afterwards I can imagine. After, just yeah, in general, really in the, it up, yeah. when it came in the mail. Was like, what was your what? angle? Just, I don't know. You mm. never know sometimes. It just comes back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the adrift. The, a little bit. The adrift. Because I got such a beautiful outpouring from so many people. I was shocked, yeah. as usual, whenever mm-hmm. I post something. We don't get that kind of engagement for the podcast, by the way. Just well, because we do it every week. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you don't become a
1: master every week. No, it's true. If you were becoming a master every week...
0: Yeah, the the, the drop off would be a lot better. People would yeah.
1: like your comments
0: for the podcast. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just you know, it's uh It was weird to get it in the mail. Finally, a little inelegant too. It just comes in like a cardboard sleeve. It's sort of sling it to you. <laughs> what would you What would you suggest? I don't know. I one of those like fold over things? You know what I'm talking about? Like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you would think so?
1: No, I got straight diploma. Mm. In Why? you know they cardboard. cut you know they cut that tuition. That's true. <laughs>
0: Shout out to UC who I also shout no, out. No, man, that's kind of it's.
1: I could imagine that at the end of a journey like that, right? Anytime you you're leaning into something, you know, you're going through and like the finish of graduate school, it would always be weird to have the ending and a moving on to a next chapter and the closing of a chapter. But it's even stranger for somebody in your position right now because of all this uncertainty. Because normally, they're like, well, I got to look for a job in the fall. Now it's like, well, I'll be available if somebody needs a job done in the fall. You know what I mean? Like, it's just sort of it's a different.
0: Well, I don't just adrift. I don't want to get too far in my own psyche cuz me and uh, me and Miss Higgins did a lot of talk about uh, I bet. about this I bet. on the pod as we get to the interview. So, I'll leave it there. Okay. Uh one what other, th- what, other what, else? what else? What else? What else? Shoot. Um uh I want to talk about something with you about Brindisi and Claudia Tenney and a bunch of things where she was looking for bad reactions from one of the protests. But I couldn't find any further story on it. I don't want to spread conspiracy theories. Mm. So I'm going to leave that story alone. Okay. But this follow up on that story. Maybe we'll talk about it at
1: the break. Yeah, maybe we will. I'm sure that she's not done doing dirty stuff. You know what I mean? Like, it's only the summer the summer days. Uh, so we'll see.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then... Uh, you know, I'm, to...
1: always, I'm always open to talk
0: about that specific subject. Uh, and then I'm 0 for 2 on breakfast this week. I went out to a breakfast location. I won't say which because I like it. Hmm. Uh, ordered a breakfast got someone else's breakfast mm. opened it up cuz I didn't check the bag in the car mm. even though I thought to myself you know what last time this happened mm. I didn't check the bag I didn't secure the bag and I paid the price and again it happened today no meat no wrap just egg and cheese on english muffin more not as bad as what happened last time so like
1: you got to quit the game you got to quit the game you got to you got to be
0: out can't be out here at these windows early in the morning. You never know what they're going to give you. I was mad because this was—I went out of my way to go to this place, which I never go to. Mm. And again, I do not want to besmirch their name here because I'm a big fan, big fan. But I'll just say this: I was I went out of my way to get it, and I was real disappointed. And <laughs> I got home, real disappointed. Tough spot for you. Uh, that's all right. Let's get into some news for this week. Um, oh, we want to talk about some positive, maybe news. This Always. Broke, this broke this week uh, or today, earlier like six hours ago. Uh, Oxford uh, University scientists have uh, a vaccine that's triggering immune responses in people at the very early stages. Hmm. I mean, I don't want to get too hyped up over something that is very early stages, but it's good that there's some, like, science coming through. <laughs> like, science. Uh, I don't know. It'd be great if we could find some sort of vaccine, I feel like. And, <laughs> yeah, <that'd laughs> I don't know. Be, I, I feel be, like it's... It would
1: be very chill. There's no way... <laughs> yeah. There's no way for me to, like... The under, scientific community is in full agreement yeah, with you. That yeah. it would be very tight if they found a vaccine.
0: Uh, So, apparently, uh, it has some minor side effects there. I'm scrolling to, here. I'm, I'm seeing scroll- the word
1: T-cells. T-cell I'm seeing <laughs> I'm, trial. I don't want
0: to get into the T-cell stuff. This is on BBC News. It's like the head story on BBC News right now. So, yeah, if yeah. you don't know this already, just go to bbcnews.com. Mm-hmm. I've decided I like the English news... Uh places, for whatever reason. Hmm. I don't know why. Makes sense. You're you're an Anglophile
1: now (laughs) that you're big into the soccer. Uh, Did soccer (laughs) turn me into an Anglophile? You're trying to move to, like, the northern coast of Britain.
0: Uh, Widespread vaccination is likely uh, at the earliest uh, next year, even if it was something... Yeah, yeah. This is not, like, uh,
1: this is not news for the fall.
0: I like, though, news stories that are about breaking scientific discoveries and not about, like... Hey, look how many states are doing like statewide coronavirus mm. dance-offs. Do are you, know you paying
1: attention to space and NASA?
0: Uh, depends. We might be getting somewhere with that. Cool. Why, a- we- like mm-hmm. I was
1: going to say, if you like breaking scientific news, a lot of cool stuff on those fronts lately. It's been an interesting year uh, thus far for NASA. We can talk about that in the
0: second half. I have a different space story. Yeah, I no, talk we don't have to it.
1: talk about NASA, but if you like breaking news that's of the good nature
0: scientifically, that's where space. I tend to find it. Uh, let's get to the downer the final side. Frontier. <laughs> let's get. Down to the dark side, though. Um, All the way down. uh, Reports coming out this week that uh, more young people are getting sick in the most current coronavirus outbreaks. As Mm. I scroll through here, why would you imagine that's the case? Because these fools...
1: (laughs) These fools are down on goddamn Varick Street and other such locations in Sylvan Beach and wherever the hell else in there, licking each other on their Instagram stories, smooshing their face together for Snapchat, sharing drinks... Spitting all over the place, sharing cigarettes, all sorts of gross like stuff mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. Because the young folks don't care because they feel impervious. Mm-hmm. I would have been and I can say this because I feel like if I was twenty one I might have been an asshole about it. Who who's to say?
0: I get it. But I mean, every song is all about the Was same I thing. right? Was that why? That no. was my guess. No, you're probably right. in Arizona where the median age had been um I'm sorry. The wrong one in Florida, where the median age had been sixty-five as of July seventeenth, the new ages are at thirty-nine point five. So mm-hmm. it's gone down a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes sense though, because I guess the messaging was like, "Hey, young people don't get this," right? Did somebody's messaging. Somebody's messaging. That was messaging. That was messaging that was available. Um, but I, I did go out in public not too long ago and mm. socially just dist- socially distantly went to a restaurant. Mm. Even that, where people were sitting no. far away and didn't feel super great about it. Uh, I'm
1: saying, miss me on the indoors.
0: Yeah. And you probably
1: won't catch me when fall comes around. Chances are. You know what I mean? Like, it's one thing to be outside, but you're trying to be cooped up in, like, some dark little, like, restaurant or bar right now. I'm just not... And who knows? Maybe it's maybe it's overly careful. Maybe it's too much. But, well, whatever.
0: Uh, your boy Cuomo was out here in the news today. That's not my boy. <laughs> That's not my boy. <laughs> People are big mad at Cuomo all the time. All the time. nonstop, nonstop. <laughs> non-stop. He did come out on Monday and threatened to roll back New York City's reopening if mm-hmm. compliance and enforcement doesn't improve. So, yeah. good on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was out. He also, he went out and he
1: cut down every tree in Central Park. <laughs> the same by hand. He had a chainsaw. Him and his brother, Chris, they had the CNN cameras and they cut down every tree in Central Park. King Cuomo. Oh,
0: this is a quote from him. It's stupid what you're doing. Bars and restaurants are the problem. It doesn't, you know, it's true. It doesn't have to be. It's so true. You have 700 people drinking in a public place, violating the open container law. I don't know how to do a Cuomo impression. Is, you don't need one. <laughs> no. You don't need one.
1: No, no. No, no, no. There are,
0: I like this quote, though. There are inevitable consequences to our actions. You can get sick in your 20s. You can die in your 20s. Even if you live by that theory that you're a superhero, you'll go home and you'll transfer to someone else and they'll transfer to someone else. You can kill someone. Man, true. Straight Uh,
1: words. So you know what I thought was funny? And this whole thing that's gone on in the last couple days where they changed it to you have to have food at the bars now to eat. Yeah. You you have to order food to be out there. You can't just be drinking at bars. It's been really interesting to watch it play out, Um, especially like, you know, you see it on Facebook because I saw obviously tons of people uh, with an opinion about it. You know what I mean? being like... Oh, ha, ha! So dumb. The governor thinks food's gonna protect you from coronavirus. Like willfully misunderstanding the situation. Just, but the only people I saw consistently all the way across the board who were like, "This is a hundred percent the right idea. hundred percent the correct call." were all bartenders and people who work in the industry Mm. united all across the board i was on facebook and everybody i knew who was a bartender was like no no i understand why this is the rule and why they're making people order food yeah and i thought that was really uh kind of telling because as somebody who's worked in bars as soon as i saw it i'm like yes this is good you got to make people order something if you're gonna come in you got to eat and sit and then like leave you can't just be coming in and getting increasingly drunk and increasingly drunk because after three four five drinks people in your bar The not being, like, safe medically anymore.
0: Did I say the name of the location I went to already? Uh, When
1: when you did your inside socially distant dinner liaison? Yeah.
0: No, I don't think you did. Okay, cool. Um, I definitely watched uh, waitstaff having an argument. (laughs) Like, an internal argument between themselves Mm. while I was dining. Uh, Great stuff. I wasn't mad about it, mind you. Like, I loved every second of it. It You always
1: love to catch a bit of the drama.
0: Oh, but it was great. It was definitely about... Uh, how Come No One Was Getting Cut, which is my favorite inter- internal restaurant drama. Because these people are so stingy with the cuts,
1: and they know, because anybody who's ever managed a floor knows, because they're afraid, they get that dreaded late pop, and they gotta, God forbid, take a table themselves, the late seat pop. somebody, you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. If you know, you know. Oh, Stitcher well. Hive, you guys know what I'm talking
0: about. The late pop. I used to get the late pop at Carmine's because people would come out. in we goddamn Times Square. <laughs> no, because yeah, what yeah. would is we would close at like 11. Stop mm-hmm. taking seatings. But that last showing of Broadway shows gets out right in that wheelhouse. So you get a lot of people who pounce in for like dessert. Yeah. And dessert's fine. You can bang out dessert mm. at a place like Carmine's like 35 minutes if you sure. really want to. sure, right? sure. Some people come in though, they get that full meal. That full meal experience. And all of a sudden it's 1 in the morning and you're like, I... I have to take the subway home. Still, <laughs>
1: it's gonna be three in the morning, it's one o'clock in the morning. You're like, yeah. hello, sorry, I need a tray of asabuco yeah. right now, You're right saying, now.
0: What? One chef in the back who's just like K. I'm like, oh, I know, I know, man, mm-hmm. K indeed. Uh, all right, what else? Uh, oh, you want to delve deep into the Trump, the Trump hole? Whatever, man. He said, uh, he said he's bringing back incandescent light bulbs. Already brought <laughs> he oh, he already <laughs> brought them back. He already brought them back. He's considering that a highlight of his administration.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy, man. You really been
0: off the news. Yeah,
1: he's uh he's uh, he's obviously melting down. You know what I mean? Like just going,
0: talking crazy out there. Uh, in darker news, he's threatening to cut. He threatened to cut funding to the CDC for. Yeah, yeah. Testing. They also
1: said that uh, they're not. Uh, different states are not allowed to report the COVID numbers to the CDC anymore. They have to send them to the White House, and Jared and Stephen Miller are going to take care of it. Um, man. Also unmarked secret police kidnapping people in unmarked vans in Portland on the news. Saw that. Also, he melted down Chris Wallace on Fox News.
0: Yo, I have that on here. Do you want to talk about that? Well, I mean. So here's some of the things he said during the interview. Because he said he's not losing, and that all the polls are fake. Yep, of course. So constant threat, mm-hmm. right? Fake, fake news polls. Sure. Uh, he also talked a bit about uh, his unspecified cognitive test, which I can't believe I forgot to bring up last week when we we're doing the show. Oh
1: yeah, I remember when he did that, and they run to Walter Reed. Yeah, and it's come back around, it's in the news, it's hilarious. It's,
0: this is it's an elephant. It's just a picture of an elephant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want can you take the cognitive test? Is it the thing you can get on the internet? Yeah, that's all over. Yeah, give them a today. It.
1: It's 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 only for determining the it's not like a test. Where there's like right and wrong answers, there's tests where like, do you have dementia or do you not? I mean, listen, I've been I've been barking up this tree, you know, I've been barking up this tree on this podcast for a long time now about this man's ever worsening frontal temporal dementia. Uh, it looks more and more like your boy was right.
0: You were so definitely right. Will's, I mean, he looks like it. Uh, he says he'll be right eventually. About mm. this, uh, the COVID just going away, which I guess theoretically is true. Like eventually, <laughs> unbelievable it will go... weasel
1: answer. Yeah, <laughs> did, well, one day,
0: <laughs> one day, someday, some deep distant day, and on that day, and on that day, you can have the numbers, please. Oh God, uh, yeah, it's it's tough. Uh, oh, he yeah, has a surprise for Congress. What's that going to be? Uh, he's going to sign a new health care plan. New healthcare sure. You said to that's gonna that come that. in. Yep. I did not watch it. I heard a lot of people talking about. it. I'm surprised that it got so much traction. I feel
1: like I don't. It was the first time it's he hasn't been interviewed by a by somebody. I mean, besides opinion hosts on Fox, like going on Sean Hannity, he hasn't had to sit for an interview in a very, very, very long time. He doesn't do press or interviews the way other presidents have because he can't. No, you're right. And uh, it was on Fox News. Like Chris Wallace is probably the most respected dude on that network. You know what I mean? It's not one of like the nightly opinion, opinion show hosts. So like, it's finally hitting the people who need to kind of hit it. Like it couldn't
0: not. Are you still nervous to like say you think he's gonna lose?
1: I'm, yeah, I'm not saying shit. I'm saying register to vote, go vote, and make sure you know who's running in your own district in your own city. I'm not gonna hear. I don't want to hear a word about polls or who's gonna win or who's gonna lose until November third.
0: I saw some young folks on United Square doing a register to vote table. Hell yeah, so you got to do it. I'm done. I'm done gas.
1: playing the the polls game like it's fucking college basketball. I'm done with that shit. Like, <laughs> we have a responsibility as adults that live in the United States of America to treat the the process with a
0: little bit of respect. Speaking of respect, uh, Trump's attacking Joe Biden's mental fitness. Projection,
1: uh, proje- <laughs> gaslight, <laughs> obstruct,
0: project. Uh, that's the one I was looking for. I like that one. That's my yeah favorite. yeah. G O
1: P. Uh, it's our- projection. Yeah, he says Biden. Biden's like. That's the big thing you hear people saying, like, oh, Biden's got dementia. He won't debate. It's like, bro, what fucking planet do you live on? Like, I can't even be polite when I hear some (laughs) dumb shit like that anymore. I really, and I try hard. It's tough to
0: be polite now, it feels like. It feels lazy to be polite in a weird way
1: about No, it's harder to be polite, I think, but it does, it just, it wears you down with certain stuff like that where it's so, like, on a different planet. You know what I mean?
0: uh speaking of this planet though uh this the end of these 600 dollars unemployment benefits will hit millions of households mm-hmm. in the economy at the end of next week i believe mm-hmm. so end of the month save up your money yeah. save up what you have don't be spending willy-nilly and well, that's stuff what happens i wonder what's gonna happen dark dark times uh you want to get into this week's uh thanks uh who's gonna call it yeah thanks i hate it thanks i hate it oh no i'm done with this guy i haven't yeah. done this segment in such a long time uh, first one. If you, if you weren't done with him last night, uh, last week, Roger Stone back to being done after using a racial slur during a radio interview, mm-hmm. uh, which was caught on tape, and then he claims that it wasn't him. Although it's of course, <laughs> Roger Stone is rocketing sky high on my list of like most punchable faces, like really high, up to like Mitch McConnell levels of like most punchable face. Yeah, yeah. Of- <laughs> been a terrible guy for a long, 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 long time. Uh, and it feels, I feel angry about it because, like, ah, uh, feels like you've gotten away. For now. I, for now. I know. Uh, and the other one is for all my teacher friends out there, because this one made me very angry. Uh, earlier this week, Senator John Kennedy, Republican from Louisiana, said during a Monday evening interview that those who oppose school reopenings can, quote, kiss his ass. Mm. Uh, despite how many educators and teacher unions are raising serious concerns about returning to the classroom during the coronavirus pandemic, uh, America is going through a rough patch right now. Some people seem to enjoy it. Maybe they just hate America. That's his real quote. Maybe they just enjoy watching the world burn. Did he just watch like Dark Knight? Did he read right beforehand? Uh, I think some are liking the chaos because they think it gives them a political advantage. Uh, okay, man, Kennedy, you clown. There's a clown answer and a clown take. I don't know. I've seen... Me and Aaron are going to get a lot of this into our interview. I don't know if you have any further takes on it, but... uh, I
1: mean, it's not... Like, it's not funny. Like, that's dangerous language, and that's a crazy way to be talking, and everybody's going to sacrifice teachers on the altar. Like, oh, everybody's going to go back to school, back to school. Watch what happens, and a couple teachers get it, and a couple teachers aren't coming, then there's nobody there, there's no substitutes. Watch what happens. I mean, we we sacrifice teachers on the altar of the economy in this country nonstop, and it's the cause of a lot of our problems, and watch them keep doing
2: it.
0: Uh, uh, Polling by Axios uh, earlier this week showed that 7 in 10 Americans view sending their children back to school as a large to moderate risk. Uh, That includes 82% of Democrats and 53% of Republicans. I guess it's Axios, though, so take that poll. But we think of Axios. All right. Uh, again, me and Aaron are actually going to talk a bit about this, so we don't have mm. to kill too much more time on this. Any, uh, any? Um, I'm done with this guy for you this week? Anyone specifically? Oh, I'm done. So many I'm, people. There's, there's
1: so many guys that I'm done with. Um, who did I see? I feel like I saw somebody specifically out there being an absolute goon, and I was done with the guy, but I can't remember now. I'll probably remember later on down the
0: road. Uh, oh, and one, yeah, one last one. A good read for this week. Uh, it's from Washington Monthly, The article is called Beware of a Cornered Trump. It's uh, talking about how if defeat looms closer, uh, he may become more and more deranged. It's not anything shocking, but it's pretty well thought out. I enjoyed it. So, there you go. There's my read for the week. It's worth the one read a month you get or whatever on that, that website. Uh, all right. Let's go to our good friend Aaron Higgins. Our dearest friend. Our dearest friend. It was really mm-hmm. had a great time talking to her, even over the weird Zoom, which really, really hinders our back and forth patterns can't, and can't, slow in, no. can't, can't slow down Aaron Higgins no we had a great conversation so uh, let's get to it our interview with Aaron Higgins
2: I have to get something to eat. I am so hungry I could die. I've been fast for, like, a million years, it feels like. <laughs> am I well, recording already?
0: Yes. Uh, you only are, though, because I don't know how technology works. So Me neither. I don't know how to make it start recording, and I don't trust myself. So even, okay, when, so even when Brindisi came on, uh, I had to do the same thing to him. I was like, hey, you're on right now. So... <laughs> You look great. It's nice to see you. I know that uh, we've told the listeners that there will be no video of this. and Thank I Thank God. Um, but I can see you, and you look You great. can see me. I can see you.
2: That's all that matters, really. I look exactly the same as I've always looked. It's, <laughs> just, it's just maybe like a little bit more of a bum lately because I haven't been, you know, out of sweatpants in eight months.
0: I mean, I'm wearing a tank top in public, so, I mean, that's already a sign that I've given up, just in general. Um, <laughs>
2: I, don't, I mean, honestly, I'm wearing men's extra large sweatpants at, like on the regular lately. so
0: <laughs> you always wear a sweatpants person though, weren't you?
2: Yep. Like <laughs> have like a reason to blame it on something now. Like I'm really just enjoying the idea that there is like a reason why I'm wearing sweatpants now.
0: Well, can I ask you the question that I ask most people who've committed to sweatpants, are you depressed?
2: I tweeted the other day that I have four seasonal depressions. (laughs) And I thought that was like the singular funniest thing.
0: (laughs) That's pretty good. No, it's, I got to tell you, I'm a little bit depressed at the moment. I have some, uh, I posted that video, or sorry, I posted that picture yesterday of my, of my diploma, not because I wanted to do (laughs) it, certainly. Thank you. Um, Yeah, certainly not because I wanted to do it, but because my mom wanted me to do it. Uh, and now that I've posted it, I'm feeling a little, little dreary about it. Like I got a lot of responses to it, and I've not yet responded to anybody, and I don't know why I'm feeling somewhat down about it.
2: What kind of responses?
0: They're all nice, but they're all from like it's just nice. They're all very like, hey, congratulations, that's great, right? You know what I mean?
2: Um, well, congratulations. <laughs> You're a master. Uh,
0: I don't know. I and let me ask you because you've probably been through this already.
2: But uh, still. Syndrome? Yeah.
0: No, no, I just... When I finished up, Mm -hmm. and they hadn't given me the stuff yet, but once all my paperwork had been turned in, I expected this overwhelming feeling of stress and pressure that I've lived on to have lifted off of me. And it
2: kind of didn't. Nope. (laughs) You know what happens is that you, you go through this, like, week where you don't have to turn anything in. Yeah. And you're like, all right, I'm feeling like I'm kind of getting used to this. And then in approximately like three days, you're like, oh, wait a minute. I have like an actual job and I have to do all this stuff for this actual job. And I have to now deal with COVID. And how is COVID gonna, you know, um, it completely and utterly screwed up March through now so what does that look like moving forward what does it look like moving into so the stress is replaced by other stress right away
0: yes uh there was like a magical period between when I found out that I had passed all my stuff and that everything was done Uh and the time two days ago when I got my diploma when I was feeling uber confident like all of a sudden I was like oh now I'm feeling great life is good and uh and then the reality of it hit me in the face and now I'm back to square one.
2: So I actually walked the stage for my graduation. Because at the time you I, you know, you had the luxury of doing such a thing.
0: Yeah, I'm not allowed and to share.
2: I sobbed, like uncontrollably sobbed when I got to the end, because I felt like I got there by the skin of my teeth. Yeah. In some regards, like I got through my masters with by the skin of my teeth. And yes, it was a dual program, so I had like all these tests still and all this stuff. And when I finally got the piece of paper and I walked across the stage and they put the hood on you, you're, I was like relieved in that moment. Yeah. And I, I'm literally telling you it took like a week of not handing anything in, getting your like robe and you walk around your house in it for a while and then boom, life hits you in the face
0: i'm afraid to take it out of the box because i feel like I- if i put it on i'm going to rip it or i'm going to make a mess of it or something because i'm very clumsy so it's just
2: look, the, just look at it in the box
0: this is sort of what people do with like when they get married or they just have a wedding dress you just wear the wedding dress around the house for a couple hours to get the vibes and then it's over with <laughs>
2: i'm gonna wear wedding sweatpants yo
0: that's, I I, that's probably already happened now in the COVID times like the sweatpants marriage has definitely already happened
2: I'm sure of it. I'm absolutely sure of it. Because people are doing marriages via Zoom. I'm like, if you'd only see me from my chest up.
0: Oh, I look great from, like, above my chest line from here up. That's awesome.
2: It's all good. Hit me right where this v-neck ends and up. I can make that look good any day. (laughs) Below that, not so much. Uh,
0: So I want to talk to you uh, about some education stuff in general. But before that... But before we do that, I do want to – we've already gone seven minutes, and I've yet to uh, tell people that, of course, we're talking with the legendary Aaron Higgins. Uh, oh, yeah.
2: I figured it out.
0: <laughs> I didn't introduce you at all. Uh, Heather always gets mad when I have you on. She always thinks that uh, you're going to come replace her again. I told her not to worry about it.
2: Again, once again, she can never fret because she's a flawless individual.
0: <laughs> uh and I did want to mention, uh about a month ago was our five year anniversary uh oh. of doing
2: uh, five years already?
0: And for folks who know for a long time, uh this show was originally pitched to the Maiden Utica folks as a uh a program to feature Aaron Higgins and other people. <laughs> the Aaron Higgins show <laughs> featuring two bearded white guys, and then suddenly it just became us. Uh, but well, everyone remember should
2: remember everybody.
0: <laughs> no, but we should remember that you were the reason that this show started. Uh, are you surprised that it was? It's been five years. Did it come as a surprise?
2: You know, it's so interesting because time passes sometimes so slowly, and then it just blinks, and the you know, next thing you know, you're five years into the Uticast. But I think that there was a significant amount of time in the very beginning when it was, it was so much fun. I. I Obviously, loved every single second of starting the Udicast. But now it's like, boom, five years. I can't believe that. I I really literally am finding it hard that it's been five years. I have found,
0: well, I find the weekly progression of it to be very unsettling. Because it's one, it's every week, and they're just numbered. (laughs) Right?
2: 7,843. It's me, Sam. I'm by myself.
0: I keep wondering when I feel like the time will be right to, for it to not exist. Um, now that we, well, now that we've passed five years, I'm like, what am I waiting for now? Like, what am I, what am I doing now? Is it Ten years? I don't know.
2: It's a sta- like a staple now, like you can't undo I know, it.
0: I know. Maybe, maybe if Trump gets, uh,
2: oh please, uh, if he
0: doesn't get reelected then maybe I'll have no reason. Because, honestly, a lot of it over the last month and a half has just been me and Kevin upset at politics.
2: I don't know why. Everything's going so smoothly. I can't imagine why you'd be salty about anything. Because the nation is totally under control. And the government is doing their best work ever. Uh,
0: Unquestionably.
2: Top-notch work by government white men. Mm. who are absolutely crushing it.
0: And hey, listen, we're putting all of our hopes on another old white man. So even
2: Let me say this about that. I called it year like a year plus ago. I was like, "Listen, we have to get honest here. You were look people were looking at the uh the Bernies and the Elizabeth Warrens as that far left potential yeah. social vote." And I'm like, there's no way, as much as I love Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders as like a combined effort, there's no way they were going to push it here. Uh, And then we looked at, I mean, Marianne Williamson, she was that, she was like the outer orbit Democrat. And I loved her. She was going to smudge the hell out of the White House and just like cleanse the nation of our auras. And I was on board with her crystals and her eight balls, but. I also knew that once we got down to like brass tacks, Cory Booker couldn't stand on his own. Uh, You know, a lot of these people were not going to stand on their own. Kamala, I had high hopes for, but full well knowing that her rhetoric wasn't going to draw her very far. I mean, people look at women and say like, oh, the angry woman with the pointed finger and the whole nine. I knew it was going to come down at some point. I mean, generally, most people knew it was going to come down to like Pete, who was honestly a more, centrally fueled than most. And you know how I feel about Pete. It was the first time I ever bought a lawn sign (laughs) ever in my life. Because I'm I'm very Aaron Burr. I'm like, you know, smile and say nothing. But
0: You loved Pete. You were a big Pete supporter on Twitter.
2: (laughs) I have a Pete Buttigieg, like, koozie from Uh my King Seltzer. I have a Pete Buttigieg lawn sign. I have a Pete Buttigieg t-shirt that says... Chastin Buttigieg for first gentleman.
0: Oh, I remember that actually.
2: <laughs> it's a little bit of, I used to wear it all the time uh, and then I got stopped in the grocery store by a very confused old man. Like very yeah. confused old man who looked at it and was like, is that your boyfriend? And I was like, no. But he is Pete Buttigieg's husband. He's like, I don't know what that means. And I'm like, okay. Uh, this part uh, of all it was gonna be Biden and then a wildcard VP pick because that was, I mean, that's the most logical way to do it. Do you Um, have a choice for VP pick? Um, I kinda,
0: I think that honestly, it's gotta be Kamala.
2: Yes, thank Uh, you.
0: I sort of said for a long time that I didn't want it to be her because I wanted her to be the attorney general so that when, you know, a lot of these criminals and and warmongers get pulled in front of Congress or whatever to answer for their crimes. I want Kamala to be the person staring her down, staring them down, right?
2: Absolutely, for their lives. Uh,
0: But, I mean, I think she's the right choice. I think she's the right amount of energy to counteract Biden's sort of lack of energy.
2: Like old dog, old golden retriever energy.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, Like, this spot looks nice to take a nap.
0: You know what's weird? And you were saying it about Pete. I have not bought a politician's merchandise since first Obama term when I was, like, absolutely in love with the idea of Barack Obama and everyone was, like, sucked into the excitement and I had the t-shirt and all that kind of stuff.
2: I still do. It's like Obama-Biden. I still have bumper stickers.
0: Now, last Christmas, my parents bought me a Bernie Sanders calendar without asking me if I supported Bernie Sanders. They're just like, we assumed as much. I was like, I I guess I'll take that as a compliment. I, I didn't dislike Bernie.
2: <laughs> You're like, I'm cool with an angry guy just hollering at me about everything, including climate control and universal health care. I'm cool with it.
0: I would have I, preferred a Larry David one.
2: Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, much preferred, but that's not saying anything. I think that Kamala right now, uh, you know the social media feeds and the social media influence that she brings. She, and I only have the twits, so like she's on that Twitter with her husband. They're at uh, BLM rallies. They're at protests. She went to Pride for a long time with uh, her rainbow, her rainbow bedazzled denim jacket. Mm-hmm. So like I'm really invested in that side of her. The fact that she comes out and brings a youthful energy, she brings um, a really eloquent and very spunky adult energy. But she is also brilliant and focused. So yes. that's what and I, I, too.
0: And well, honestly, like we talk about, like you know, we make a lot of jokes about Trump, but like I really would like somebody in the office who represents America as not like this dumpster fire of fast food and reality television. Even if that's what we really are, deep deep in our disgusting souls. Like, I did don't you, want that.
2: Did you see the Chris Wallace interview by any stretch last night?
0: We talked about it on the pod uh, earlier. Yeah. I mean, he's delusional. He's a delusional maniac.
2: <laughs> I love the fact that you ask him a question about, I don't know, cheese. And he somehow brings it over to, like, 900, 645 other things. And the question just, like, <laughs> continues to, like, spiral in and out. And it's just really, really unnerving sort of I mean, blabber. Sort of, I wish Chris Wallace had taken him to task on more things, honestly, and he hadn't, I mean, like, backed off, but that's what it is.
0: I didn't expect I didn't expect him to. I'm being attacked I, by a cat while we're talking. I don't know if you can see this. I'm being
2: Is that Queen? That
0: is, that is Queenie, who suddenly decided that she likes to be around people. Hi, Queenie. It's nice to see you. Hi, Queenie.
2: Um, <laughs> you look great.
0: Uh, so I want to talk to you about... Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about education as well. I know that we have some mutual uh, concerns. Let me ask you this question. Uh, we've been, we've taken our, our good pal Betsy DeVos to task on Twitter. People can go look at us. <laughs> uh, I, our,
2: I've already got my resume to the Bidens.
0: I, I saw that. You're, you're infinitely more qualified. I'm going in. <laughs> what, let me ask you, you've been in the industry now. You've been teaching in schools for four years now. You've been connected for way longer than that.
2: Yeah, it's my fifth year coming up.
0: What's your feeling about?
2: My 16th or 17th year in the thing. I'm sorry, I keep going.
0: No, no, What? Uh, how are you feeling about potentially going back or what we think is going to happen?
2: I have to tell you, uh, I, re- I have not really been able to paw over the regs, the 445-page regulation book that, that uh, yeah. came from the New York State Office and the CDC regulations yet. I I saw most of them. I've done a sort of like a quick read of a lot of them. Uh, It's a lot. It's a lot. Very heavy. It's really heavy. And my concern is that if every single teacher is not reading those regulations and every single teacher is not up to snuff on those regulations, like stuff is going to fall through the cracks eventually. And we're going to let something lapse and we're gonna let a health code you know somewhere somehow something is going to go wrong and we're gonna end up with sick educators and sick children I think that my biggest concern now you and I are on opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to the ages that we teach but we both face the same concerns high school kids are I mean you can speak to that uh, they're their general feelings on being uh Im- you know immortal yeah and superheroes. <laughs> I come from uh, the land of like things are wet and I'm not sure how they got wet. <laughs> you know? I'm like, why are your laces so wet? It's we've been inside all day. You know, <laughs> so stuff like that sort of is concerning to me. I'm concerned, I'm cons- I'm I'm really concerned. I just read a, a news article by Business Insider where it talked about the highest jobs, the biggest job threats for uh, the post-COVID, like now, this open up, move forward. And number one was dentists, which I'm not really 100% Like sure getting up about.
0: in people's mouth. <laughs> yeah,
2: that, but you can literally like mask up from True. here you're a dentist. You have clean tools coming at you left and right. Number six was specifically kindergarten teachers. And that kind of was a little bit of a thorn to me because I was under the impression that we really could be okay. Like we really, if we did this, right we could be okay. But if I'm being super honest, I have a class size so far of 22 kids. I'm looking at, you know, I'm staring down the barrel of daily, daily concerns. My kids, I don't, they have not been at school since March, so they have no finishing preschool. They have no summer programs, a lot of them, I'm assuming. I I don't know yet, but my biggest concern, I think, coming in is just the bodies in the area, and even if we split it, we still have to split class sizes. We're still looking at 10 or 11 kids in an area, 12 kids in an area, and they are not They're four and five. They don't sit. They don't wear masks. I mean, I'm having a hard time with a mask 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I I get in the grocery store, and sometimes I just get so flustered I want to take it off. But they're five. You know, tell me they're not going to share crayons, even though I have everything sanitized in their own cubby behind their plexiglass wall world or whatever. And uh, and also, it's going to be scary for them. It's a little scary.
0: I mean, the world is scary.
2: We have to take our temperature and you have to wear this mask and your mommy's not there anymore. And now you're coming in and looking at me and you don't know me. You haven't met me yet because all of our pre-kindergarten stuff was canceled. So you don't know me. I'm wearing a mask. I'm having like, I'm literally carrying a can of Lysol and just spraying everything. And it's, it's, it's going to not be as successful as we want it to be. And I'm I'm concerned it's gonna be more traumatizing than anything. Is Um, virtual learning great at this age? No.
0: No. I was just gonna say, from the high school level, we did some of this already in student teaching last year. I did a lot of Google classroom work and digital work, and the kids like it. If they're using the laptop in the classroom and I can walk around and sort of chat them up one-on-one if someone's struggling with something, you know, there are benefits to this digital learning. And I think that if it's the only option, then there are a lot of teachers I know who are very adept at using it. I think it's easier in high school than it is for what you have to do because I can focus on one subject, right? Just make a bunch of different presentations about World War II, the Russian Revolution, whatever. And I can stockpile that, but you're doing almost everything for these kids.
2: So I started, we started Google Classrooms in March yeah for kindergarten. Uh, the way we ended up doing it in kindergarten was and, and I would I would probably assume that most elementary schools around the area would say that they did some version of the same thing. Uh, they did we did a packet first, a packet of math, a packet of uh, reading work, a packet of uh, science and social studies and then the specials teams, the math or the music, the art, the library and the PE did a packet sort of thing and we sent it home. Just sort of get everybody started. We left school on the 13th, and so that next week we needed everyone to kind of just get ready and start. And getting a hundred packets ready with 75 pages per packet yeah. needed 400 packets right off the bat, and it was it was a struggle, but we did it. Uh, and then we started our Google Classrooms. And I had a Google Classroom. My Google Classroom was up and running, and my team's Google Classrooms were up and running that next week. We had a weekend to understand what Google Classroom was. We had about three weeks where it was just figure out how to get your kids on, yeah. figure out, get your kids, um, what are their passwords? I don't have their passwords. And then we have different avenues, like different internet avenues. We have our our iReady and our RAS kids and all these different things that the kids can sign on and we can track mm-hmm. from home, which is good. But at the same time, it's, it's so many variables and so many different, you know, if then statements where it's like, I, if you don't have the password, then are you completing the work? I have to somehow now make it happen. What Clinton did, which was really nice is we gave each kid a Chromebook <coughs> to take home yeah. because we were struggling with trying to find ways to get kids on the internet. So we handled that. Yeah. Uh, I know that in every district that's not applicable and that that's not going to fly, but now moving forward, what are what are they supposed to do? But we actually ended up with a really thriving Google classroom by June. And I was zooming with my kids three times a week. Yeah. And what I would do, what I would do, cause they were little is we would do zooms in 15 minute increments yeah. because my kids aren't going to sit, uh, kindergarten also recorded our lessons. Mm. We have upwards of 300 videos going out every, you know, every month. And it would be this teacher teaches uh, your reading and your phonics lesson. This teacher's going to teach your math. This teacher's going to teach this. And then we would read books to the kids on, on a video. And so we, sent, we flooded the kids with those things. And we also went through and found all of the resources that we had that were like internet games or Google Slide games. Yeah. And gave those to our kids. But I spent a significant, I mean, for every hour that you have for the kids, it's five hours for us to prep it.
0: Yes, that's the, and that's what happens with a lot of history stuff, is once you prep it once, you can reuse that stuff again, and people do, but then at some point in time, you start to get repetitive, and you have to start changing stuff up. It never really ends. You just start spending the entire life just planning and prepping.
2: We have to now start all over. Yeah. Hi, and. This is how you wear your mask. This is how you sit in a chair. So it's going to be very different for us if we end up not going back to school, which I think is a very significant reality. Yeah, I think you're right. And if we don't go back until October or November, you know, we're also looking at then coming to school and having to reteach children social skills.
0: People are going to lose like a year's worth of education at the end of the day on this. Like, where it's going to be like a lost year for a lot of kids.
2: And I'm on the lucky end of that. Honestly, I I do recognize that I'm on the luckier end of that where my kids can lose a year and still have time to make it up. Whereas you're fighting the clock of college and the clock of graduation.
0: Terrified for my graduating 11th graders about what this year looks like for them. Terrified.
2: It's, it's like, it gives me odds just thinking about your kids. You know, one of like, one of my best friends is is uh, Rachel Witter, who teaches high school chemistry, and it's like she's teaching these kids, and she's like, I don't even know yeah. what they to to- like. What do you even say to these babies? Who I mean, to you guys are your babies. To me, they're like grown-up adult things that scare me. But, um, you're like, what are you supposed to say? How are you supposed to get across that this is still an important part of their life? You know, they're learning in their lives. It's like terrifying.
0: I mean, I've just read an article today that you're gonna start seeing a rise in like privatized teachers, right? Like if you have like your certification and you already have all your stuff, people are just gonna start hiring you privately to teach their kids. You know what I mean? That's
2: that's a real risk that we're running into. Yeah. I into uh read about another article about it as well, where it talked a little bit about uh groups of uh moms
0: yeah.
2: who are like coming together to form a pod of their kids. Yeah. And that pod has one teacher to do all kinds of stuff. And there's usually like I think in the article that I had there were little kids. Yeah. We're also going to see the rise of K2 education or K12 education online. I just saw a program called k12.edu or or whatever it was and it's a free public learning with teachers that just sit behind computers and talk to your kids. I mean
0: I mean, Justin's been yelling at me for a month that I should start a YouTube channel cal- called like the Outlaw Educator and just start putting lessons online for free. I'm like, I don't know if that's what people want to hear from me. I don't know if that's the
2: case. It's scary. Yeah. It's scary to me. And what is even scarier to me is that we are now looking at like a, a series of let's talk about private schools, let's talk about charter schools. Yeah. What? God's green earth. Are they good? I mean, Yes, Betsy gave them all the money that they could possibly need and want. All the money. All the money. Literally. All of it. Every (laughs) But but, I mean, they don't have the same standards. They don't have the same curriculum. They don't have people who are – a lot of times, you know, you can work in a private school without your master's degree, without your certification. And so they have, what, like rogue individuals just running around teaching – Uh, teaching religious schools or teaching these charter schools or private schools. And it's, um, it feels a little bit like a wild field day to me. Yeah. And and it's it's scary.
0: And all the arguments for it feel really disingenuous about like the, it's all like gaslighting and all that kind of thing. Uh, Aaron, we only have you for another, uh, I would say about 10 minutes because, uh, Zoom only allows me to record like 40 minutes of conversation. So So I do want to get into something a little bit lighter to, to not bring you down. Let's talk about the return of baseball, which
2: I, I know you're not lighter. Huh? I can guarantee that the return of baseball is not a lighter topic.
0: No, are you not? Are you not excited about it?
2: I got to tell you, baseball is a big deal for me. I know you know that. I know mm-hmm. that the listeners know that. Anybody who knows me knows that. Um, to the point where our friend Otto, when baseball was being canceled, he tweeted, like, somebody find Aaron. Yeah. Just somebody find her give her a hug. He's not handling this well. He just knows. Um, Baseball is a big deal. Baseball is the sign of spring. It's a rebirth of that summer feeling, that joy, that excitement that you get around summer. And for people, it's different. For people, it's, you know, um, I don't know, things that don't matter as much as baseball, but it's not, I'm finding, I'm finding that like, this isn't doing it for me. I've been stuck, like, let's get serious. I was glued to everything that I saw, Mets-wise and most baseball-wise. I've been glued to it, but I'm also a real, uh, like a really realistic individual. Yeah. And I know that we're not out of the woods for COVID. Yeah. And I, as much as I love baseball, this isn't baseball. This is well, the Mets, the Mets are like rarely playing baseball. They're just like having fun out there. He's out so, there like, taking hacks, <laughs> tickets and balls and like they're like, this is great, you know, but <laughs> what are we doing? Like the, you know, but it's it's just without that it doesn't feel genuine. Like you said, there's not that genuine like love and joy. It feels like they're out there because they have to be, because it's their job, because they're scared. Yeah. I watched those Yankee games last night and the night before and saw the Yankee guy who's like, I'm not taking off my mask. Hmm. And it was like this, this, I can't think of what his name was, but he was a redhead and he was just like the like paler. Yeah, Frazier, yeah. Clint Frazier. Yeah. And thank you. And um, I kept thinking to myself, like, how are you going to breathe in there? Like you're running. How are you going to breathe behind a mask? And then it was like, wait a minute, Erin, why are you breathing behind? Go home. Like you're a human being. I know we pay you a stupid amount of money and people are not going to pay me a stupid amount of money to like literally sanitize a child every day for the rest of my life, but go home. You have a family. You have a life. Like you don't have to risk it because I'd miss baseball.
0: When the Premier League came back in England, they had nine games left in their season. They had already played like 70%. My team, yeah. Liverpool, won the title. We're the champions. Thank you. But now that we've already done that and there's like two games left, I just kind of want the season to be over.
2: like yeah, I a- want
0: it to be done now. And Wait, what's the-, well, the point is always TV money. Like all of these places – are in debt to the cable companies, right? So even baseball and the NBA and the NFL, at the end of the day, they're like, we're going to put out a product because we have a contract that says we need to put out a product, and we're going to, regardless of whether or not it's responsible or rational.
2: And like, how stupid is that? That's not, I mean, I watch baseball and I know those things. I watch football very actively and I know that those things exist. I know there's TV money and sponsor money and whatever Tom Brady needs. But like, I get it. I get it. Okay. But I don't want to be reminded of it by watching Pete Alonso like trudge around the bases
0: in front of no one.
2: In front of no one. Yeah. And how odd is the pumped in noises I think that's my new favorite because somebody who whoever's on that button is like not quick for the button so it's the buttons never like like you'll hit a home run and it'll be like and it's over the wall
0: yeah woo, yeah
2: <laughs> what? what's happening and then somebody will hit it over the wall and nothing will happen and I'm like oh okay we're not crowd noising it for that one
0: so there's a team in England. Uh, they got relegated down to the division below this happens in it's essentially like if a major league baseball team was the worst team in baseball and they got sent to triple a right that happens every year
2: Uh, i love i think we should do that in baseball
0: i've been arguing that for years but one of these teams just got relegated and on tv the audio announcer pressed the button at the end of the game for crowd booing right so the audience so the fake audience is booing them and then the real fans at home were mad. They're like, no, our, we're sad that our team got relegated, but we wouldn't boo them off the field. This is a bad call.
2: No, no, it's cool. I wish that was me. I would be pressing that button, like any audio I could get my hands on, like elephant sounds. I would just be pressing it for nothing. I would I would load that machine up with all kinds of sounds. Like uh, like like one of those like tricycle horns, like for anything. I don't know.
0: Uh, Erin, I want to do some lightning round questions with you before we head out here today, but again, for folks who want to follow you, you can follow Erin at Erin underscore new underscore shoes on Twitter. Uh, she's the best. We love her.
2: I like to make things real difficult.
0: Uh, all right. You want some lightning round questions before we head out?
2: Do I ever?
0: Uh, who would you like to play you in the movie adaptation of your life?
2: Wow, that's a great question. Is old Marlon Brando off the table?
0: Oh, yeah. Like, you mean like, like Dr. Moreau? Yeah.
2: I'm talking like hard jowls. I like was we're thinking. It, blurring his words at the end.
0: I was thinking maybe that bald guy from the Six Flags commercials. Ooh, he
2: gives a <laughs> kind of energy for things. <laughs> Mine is mainly for like coffee and naps, but he, he likes rides. So that could go either way.
0: I mean, we could just sit here and say, Anna Kendrick, that's the answer, isn't it?
2: answer probably but I like to I like to go oh wait a minute could you think the movie cats has any of the like cat stuff left over because that would be kind of fun I, Maybe we just Jim Gordon in his fat cat suit
0: I kind of want to see that movie and I can get nobody who wants to like hate watch it with me like Kevin won't I'll, watch it
2: I'll watch it with you you'll watch but, it with me I know they CGI'd all the cat rear ends out of the deal
0: that's a shame because I was looking at, I wanted to see Idris Alba's cat butt I was really looking forward to it
2: Listen, I want to see Idris Elba's cat butt too, but we're gonna have to wait on that.
0: What? Uh, okay. What is your dream category on Jeopardy? If you went on Jeopardy, what's ooh. the category that pops up that you know all the answers to?
2: Nineteen eighty six
0: Oh, really? Just Keith Hernandez yeah. stuff.
2: Well, you know why? Well, okay. That or types of cheese. I have either or.
0: Types of cheese.
2: Um, types of cheese. Uh, the reason is, oh, wait a minute. The way Creole lecran smell.
0: That's, that's it's a not really, really
2: it's like an esoteric, like you just keep going till you get to that very bottom. Good. Um, <laughs> the thing is, is because during this pandemic, SNY, the Mets station, just showed the 69 Mets, the 86 Mets, and the 2000 era, like running runs at the championship yeah. that we made. So I watched the 86 and the 69 Mets a good, like, their NLCS and uh, the World Series, a good, like, 25 times a piece. So I'm at the point now where it's like, let's do it! Uh,
0: And uh, before we let you go, give me one book, album, movie, or show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching.
2: You know what's so interesting? I just watched Hamilton. What'd you think? It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. I wasn't going to watch it, um, but I did and i sort of was very iffy about it in the very beginning when it came out uh but it is beautiful it is a work of mastery on the behalf of of lin-manuel miranda and his counterparts uh the actual the actual movie representation that they did is shot beautifully you feel like you're seeing a musical it's good i obviously recommend it to everybody. I've gotten into it more now than I ever have before. And watching the staging of it, you really, it really makes sense. And it really brings it into this very, it's super like eloquent and, and, and detail oriented and very like, um, I, I can't of the word, but it's like streamlined. It's, it's, it makes sense. And every single movement has intent. So it's it's done with intention and it's it's incredible. So I really I really enjoyed that. Other than that, I just finished Unsolved Mysteries and Supermarket Sweep.
0: I love Supermarket Sweep. We could probably do a whole twenty minutes on Supermarket Sweep. I'm obsessed with it. Mm. Uh, are you still on Dark, or did you jump off that show? I finished it. Did you like I f- it?
2: I finished it, and I I really felt like this is going to be a, a little bit of a spoiler alert. So if people haven't finished it, don't listen to this part. But that's fine. I, I got to the end, and I was like. Really? I'm concerned. Get down to this weird-ass love story about these two people.
0: I'm concerned that The Leftovers is going to do that for me when I get to the end. I'm getting toward the end of The Leftovers, and I'm afraid that the ending isn't going to get me uh, sufficiently as hyped as the rest of the series did.
2: What well, so. me tell you right now, it is not. No. You're going to with the ending. I think the ending for The Leftovers, I mean, we're talking uh, What's-His-Face and What's-Her-Face, right? This was the, the HBO and Gary movie. Coon, yeah. I loved it. The the ending, though, I had to rewatch a few times to really feel like I got what was happening. Dark, I felt disappointed after season one, though, because I really felt like we were on a track to go somewhere. And then it just became like this offshoot, offshoot, and I was more confused than anything. So, but it was not bad. I, I liked it. I say it was a success for whatever they were trying to do.
0: Well, I think this was a big success, and we're never disappointed when Aaron Higgins joins us here on the pod. Aaron, I want to thank you before we lose uh, the connection here. Uh, we love you. Be safe. I love you. And we'll talk about education stuff going forward. I'll reach out to you if you have any questions, but uh, I'll probably text you after this over, too, okay?
2: Yeah, love you. Bye. All right, love
0: you. Bye. Once again, lovely, amazing Aaron Higgins. Who's better than Aaron? Mm, I'm jealous that you got to do it. It's conversation with her afterwards. Mm-hmm. We chatted up on the phone for a while afterwards. Talked mm. about stuff we couldn't talk about in the podcast. Of course, of course, which is all top-notch content that I wish could have been on the podcast. Unicast After Dark. After Dark. Yeah, the After Hours. Uh, oh man! All right, let's get into let's get into the news. I'm sorry, the history lessons for this week on this day, 1881. Mm. legendary Native American chief Sitting Bull surrenders Mm. five years after General Custer's infamous defeat at the Battle of Little Bighorn. Uh, He surrendered, which provided amnesty for him and his followers. He had been a major leader in the 1876 Sioux uprising that resulted in the death of Custer and 264 of his men at Little Bighorn. Uh, He was pursued by the U.S. Army after his victory, although he escaped to Canada with his followers. What a wild time to be alive. Yes. period of time, just like... Yeah, yeah. I just, what mm-hmm. a, what a lifestyle. Uh, he was not the strategic leader at the U.S. defeat, but his spiritual influence inspired Crazy Horse and other victorious American Indian military leaders. He fled to,
1: another various Neil Young album. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: he was held as a prisoner of war at Fort Randolph in South Dakota territory for two years, uh, and then was permitted to live on the Standing Rock Reservation straddling North and South Dakota. Uh, he started traveling with Buffalo Bill's Wild uh, Buffalo Bill Cody's Wild West show and then returned to Standing Rock. Uh, I always I was talking about this about apocalypse scenarios with somebody this week, mm. and I was thinking about the I'm Pat. Shocked. Yeah. And it was the Pat and Oswald one. It's like, what if the aliens come down and they're just like 25 foot tall, like indigenous Americans? We're like, hey, what happened to all the people we left here? <laughs> and we're all like, oh, no. <laughs> holy, mm. Ooh. Oh, man. Dark times. Uh, yeah. I feel like every time... I just started reading this book, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, which mm. is quite good. And it's about uh, the the start of the FBI and the murders of Osage you know, County in, mm-hmm. in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's quite good. But, man, every story I read about like Native Americans or Indigenous people is so dark. Yeah, but there's a reason for that.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> there's a reason
0: for that. Uh, he was uh, fatally shot. Uh, Virtue and, signal and, uh, is what they'll tell you the reason is for that, but they're, they're
1: lying. Uh...
0: Yeah, he also supported something called the Ghost Dance Movement, which was an American Indian religious movement that proclaimed that the whites would disappear and the dead American Indians in Buffalo would return. So, again, in line with what I was just talking about.
1: Uh, in, in, in keeping in theme with, with our Native American uh, brethren out here, incredible naming for everything. Always, constantly. And it's a shame that it would be cultural appropriation, name your band or album Ghost, Ghost Dance, Dance Movement. Yep, <laughs> yep, it's
0: pretty great. Uh, GDM. What's your favorite, like... Uh, uh, like Indian style movie is it is it Last of mm, the know it Bone I Tomahawk
1: I don't, know I, I don't think it's Bone Tomahawk um by Last of the Mohicans. yeah I guess I don't I haven't seen that in a really long time I Long Rifle
0: like. that's my guy yeah yeah, yeah. I liked
1: Pocahontas I, when I was a kid I, I was into that for sure Avatar does that count
0: <laughs> I totally understand what you're talking about because I always thought that like Native American like culture imagery was awesome Yes. I used to go to the Museum of Natural History in New yeah, York. Yeah, yeah, big time. And you look at all like, the old, like, era It's incredible. It's all the dresses, all the gear, yeah, yeah. And I feel like if you wore, like, a t-shirt that had the headdress on it, you'd have to explain to everybody this whole story. you're like, no, I just love indigenous culture. And you're like, bullshit. No, right? yeah. You no just, one's going to You would just, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it's yeah. a shame, too, because it's all super cool mm-hmm. looking. Absolutely. And I think Absolutely.
1: it's dope because well, people used to do
0: it for a long time like yeah. that was
1: you know there was the whole thing like you would see the girls going to festivals wearing the headdresses and people were like Yo, look yeah, look at it I mean you know I'm not like I'm not saying you can't learn from other cultures borrow from other cultures celebrate you know other heritages besides your own but like at a certain point when you're treating somebody's sacred cultural traditions like it's just your dress up costume uh, at a certain point you just ask yourself what the sensitivity
0: of what you're doing you know what I mean there was a girl I graduated from Hunter College with and I don't even remember her name mm-hmm. but she was like really big into like Native American history like she was it was her big fascination right and I think she got like a tattoo of like the the dream catcher with like some feathers mm. right and I was just like okay mm. <laughs> it's mm. like if you I mean, I get a lot of flack for this Ben Franklin tattoo, which people think is the "Don't Tread on Me" snake, and it's not. Mm, yeah, yeah, that so makes I, sense. That was just because I wanted some sort of American history style tattoo because I was a history major. It wasn't mm-hmm. like any deeper than that. People yeah, were like, oh, "Different word. time." <laughs> oh, word, don't tread on me! I'm like, no. First off, know. it's not what this is. But know. second, all no. Uh, all right, moving on. On this day, 1944, the assassination plot against Hitler fails. Mm. Uh, Hitler cheats death is a bomb that was planted in a briefcase goes off, but not close enough to kill him. Uh, high German officials had made up their minds that Hitler must die. Uh, he was leading Germany in a suicidal war on two fronts, and assassination was the only way to stop him. Uh, he was the only person who survived when the bomb, when the smoke cleared. Hitler was wounded, charred, and even suffered the temporary paralysis of one of his arms. Uh, but he was very much alive. Uh, he even kept an appointment with uh, Benito Mussolini later that afternoon, giving him a tour of the bomb site, which is a really mm. like bad guy move to to pull off. <laughs> Quite, uh,
1: quite a super villain maneuver. Quite a super
0: villain maneuver. Um, they made a movie based on this. Do you remember what the movie was? Uh, like Valkyrie? Valkyrie, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, Valkyrie depicts the... Tom, to- Cruise? Tom right. Cruise? Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, yeah. Yeah, he plays... Uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah. I gotta find the name. General Fromm, I think. Yeah. No. He plays Colonel Heinz Brandt. Yep. There it is. That's fine. Sure. You uh, tell me anything. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, after this failed attempt, though Hitler, Himmler and uh, Gary took an even firmer grip on Germany and its core machine. Uh, he, be- he became convinced that fate had spared him and that nothing was going to happen to me, and it sort of gave him a little invincibility complex. Mm. <coughs> that what you want to see? I feel like that'd be easy to get rid of? Well, yeah,
1: invincibility complex. <laughs> or jump off the back porch. I'd learn about that.
0: True story. Uh, so again, Valkyrie is a movie that is based on this story. I'm sure it's, it's not, not good. It's not a good movie. Uh, there's a couple other, though, movies that I found that were based on real military operations. Mm. So I list, and again, there was way more than this, by the way. Of course. I just I did a little tiny bit of research here. Uh, one of them is the all-time great dad movie, 1964's Zulu, Yo. which is about the oh battle. My gosh, yeah. <laughs> which is about you the and battle. You my dad come coasting down the hill. <laughs> oh, Mike <laughs> said they talk, Be like, this is how they invented machine guns. They did the lining up with So things. they had the two guys. <laughs> <lines. laughs> the two the one guys would kneel, then they would reload while <laughs> the other guys were shooting. <laughs> That was That's oh. how I knew I was getting into it like an older stage, though, because I actually mm. did think that was interesting. Definitely, yeah. Like, I,
1: yeah. <laughs> I choose not to engage in the subtext of whatever might have been getting taught to me when I was that young now. True. Where it's like, yeah, these 12 brave Brits put down all the Zulus, and it's like, hmm. Uh, this, of course, is based Yikes. on the real-life
0: Battle of Orcs drift between the Zulu uh, Zulus and the British Army in January of 1879 during the mm. Anglo-Zulu War, which is one of the underappreciated wars of all time. Mm. Uh, another one, uh, 2001's Black Hawk Down, which is about the a real military U.S. raid in Mogadishu in 1993. I've
1: never seen that movie, although I'm familiar with it, but I did read the book, mm. and it was riveting. They did a really, really good job in the book of conveying, like, um, the seriousness of the situation and the operations as they went down. It was pretty easy to follow, but still... Um, thorough enough that, like, you were really sort of in the operations.
0: The movie itself is really brutal. Yeah, I believe it. Um, uh, the book was super brutal. It's a good, it's a really good movie. Yeah. I watched it once. I don't need to see it again. It seems like there was
1: a time, because we've been making military movies since, you know, probably before, since, since we've been making movies, right? And I feel like there was a time in that early 2000s, and that's a good movie that, that falls under this, where war movies like once we got the capabilities to start making yeah. stuff really over the top they went pretty far before people were like ah okay you know what we actually maybe we should dial this back, Pull back. just a little bit yeah yeah just a so little there was bit. definitely that early 2000s stuff like black hawk down where you're just like oh this is like soul crushing mm.
0: and violent like gory yeah there's a lot of like nuance to the violence too there's a lot of like sacrifice in Mm. Like in all, yeah, these, yeah. In all these movies, and it was mm-hmm. really tough to watch. Like I was thinking about like Saving Private Ryan when uh, yeah. Adam Goldberg gets the knife mm-hmm. in the top of the, the sniper tower. Spoiler alert for a movie like right. mad old, but sure, that was a tough one. And Black Hawk Down again. Spoiler alert for a movie that's almost twenty years old now. Uh, there's a scene where like a dude is in a helicopter, like the, the the caved out ruins of a helicopter, and he's like got the handgun, and there's like mad people coming at him, right? Mm. And he gets killed. Not by getting shot, but like, by getting like crushed in the face, but like, a, mm. like a gun. I just like smash in the face. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was like, damn. Yeah. Damn. Tough stuff. It's a rough movie. Mm. Spoiler alert for that movie. All the way down. Uh, all the way down. Speaking of all the way down, Zero Dark Thirty 2012. Mm. This film dramatizes the decade-long manhunt for al-Qaeda leader Osama bin Laden after the September 11th attacks, including the discovery of his compound in Pakistan and the military raid that resulted in his death on May 2nd, 2011. I've never seen this movie uh, did this win an Academy Award, though? This I think
1: so. It was in consideration because that's uh, Catherine Bigelow. Catherine isn't it? Bigelow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She also made The Hurt Locker, correct? Hurt Locker. Jeremy Renner made him a star. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I feel like, does this movie not age well? Is this a movie
1: that people don't like anymore? I think people who like military movies probably like it just fine. Yeah. Depends on what your mileage is out of like war movies. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Mm. Uh, also, 2012, Argo, which is a movie I do really like. Uh, which is based on the real-life Canadian caper, which CIA operative Tony Mendez led a rescue of six U.S. diplomats from Tehran, Iran, under the guise of filming a science fiction movie mm-hmm. during the 79-81 through 81 Iran hostage crisis. One of my better Ben Affleck movies, actually, because he's not really in it all that much. Mm. Yeah, Ben Affleck, he sort of, he, he chills. He, you know, he stays in his lane. He's like Vinny Chase in the later mm-hmm. era. He's like, Just, I'm going to take the supporting role. Jeremy and Renner and Ben
1: Affleck. Did you ever see The Town?
0: We talk about no, that. No, I've never we seen. Should it. Watch the town. It's one of those movies I get thrown the at town all the time. The town is on Netflix. What time was it? We'll see you
1: next week, folks. Going to <laughs> Go watch the town. Right now, uh, and
0: then 2014 American Sniper, which follows the life of Kyle uh, Craig Kyle or Chris Kyle, I believe his name is, who became the deadliest marksman in U.S. military history with four tours of Iraq War. 106 of his kills were confirmed by the Department of Defense. I mm. think this is another movie. I don't know if people like as much anymore because it's a controversial movie now. Uh, I think Chris Kyle's controversial now. I think the guy this movie's based on. I don't know enough to say any more than that though. Mm. I don't know. Any of the movies you like horror, uh, war movies. Um Under um, Require isn't a real thing so I can't put that out there. They didn't it mm. didn't happen.
1: It was also like a thing that I saw like when I was like young as a kid. Where, like i sentimentally I like bridge under Require, but like can I sit here and be like I love to watch this film? Not probably not. Um Yeah, there's definitely some. I I can't really think of them right now. I don't always go for sometimes war movies can be a little bit samey for me. Where every movie feels like the same kind yes. of thing. You know what I mean? Like the Jarhead and Hurt Locker all sure sort of bleeds head. into... You know what I mean? I about that movie. It all kind of bleeds into different stuff. But I do tend to like a movie where it's a little bit more about the effects, whether the after effects or the indirect effects of the war. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, like a Full Metal Jacket territory. A movie Thin called Red Brothers Line. that I think was uh, really underrated. Thin Red Line is another good movie. Um, but different stuff like that. I'm interested to see... I still want to see 1917... And I still want
0: to see Dunkirk for sure. I'm trying to see Greyhound with um, Tom Hanks as a uh, submarine. You
1: can't always give Tom Hanks a swing on like a Sunday afternoon on TBS.
0: I didn't like that one line reading I saw in the commercial. No, it, it doesn't like, look good. Ah, bring him down the hell. I'm like, all right. Mm-hmm. On this day, 1973, actor and martial arts expert Bruce Lee dies at the age of 32. I feel like every year we get around to this Bruce Lee story and I talk about it. I like Bruce Lee. I'm like fascinated by Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. Also, it's like always a sad story when somebody like. Becomes famous right after they die. Mm -hmm. Like he's dead, and then End of the Dragon comes out, it's a hit. Mm -hmm. And now they're like pumping out his old B list. It feels like a lot like the band Sublime. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) It's like a weird.
1: Probably a lot of crossover in Dudes Who Really Love Bruce Lee. And and probably Dudes Who Really Love Sublime. There's probably a lot of crossover in that. that I'm right in there. I'm right in that Venn diagram right in the middle. You you and good friend of the pod, Colenso, i bet. some crossover right there. Go watch
0: Way of the Dragon. Way of the Dragon's a good movie. What I like about Way of the Dragon is he tried to make, like, a comedy movie, right? It's a comedy action movie. But, like, the comedy doesn't hit because it's, like, it's not, like, he's trying to make comedy for, like, an American audience, but it's not, like, American comedy, right? Like, the opening joke of the movie is he gets off a bus and he goes to a restaurant and he eats six bowls of soup. And then he gets up and he goes, do you know where the toilet is? And that's it. That's the whole scene. I was like, what the hell that's is terrible. this? Terrible. Don't watch this. No, it's a don't great movie to his It's a great no, movie. You don't need this. Because it uh, you know what? I take there it is. back. You're right. Don't watch it. Just go watch the Chuck Norris Bruce Lee fight scene. There it is. At the Same. end of the movie. There it is. You can watch that on there YouTube is. if you don't feel like sitting through all of Give the, yourself seven minutes. It's pretty good. Uh, I think Bruce Lee got like a lot of like traction because of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. People said they didn't like his representation in that movie. Mm. Although I and, on the, again, maybe spoiler it for a movie, still too soon. I think that sequence didn't really happen anyway. Of course it didn't. And so it's a fake it's sequence. Anybody with a brain who watched that movie knows yeah, that yeah. it was all in Brad Pitt's head. It's all in Brad Pitt's head. So he wasn't really, didn't really happen that way. No. I do like that scene in the movie, mm-hmm. though. It's pretty good. He throws him into a car. Uh, all right. <laughs> on this day, 2007, the final Harry Potter book was released. Do you know any of the names of the Harry Potter books? You uh name any of them? Harry
1: Potter, Rise of the Phoenix, Rise the of the Phoenix, Phoenix. Yep. Dark
0: Phoenix. Dark Phoenix was my Urban favorite one. Phoenix, what uh I like Days of Future Past, that's a good one. Yes. No, uh, they've
1: got Sorcerer's Stone, um Wizard's Gizzard. I can't remember. I love it. I feel like I would if I sat down for a minute Azkaban the Prisoner of Azkaban Prisoner of Azkaban
0: there's one yeah yeah uh, um, I don't have a list by the way I just I'm wondering if we can name them um, the Deathly Hallows that's the one that was released one. here oh Deathly that was Hallows, this and then okay. all right, so let me see here wait Deathly Hallows Prisoner of Azkaban Sorcerer's, Sorcerer's Stone, Stone was the first one the first, or the Philosopher's Stone if you're in Europe because they can't say sorcerer oh anything. stop you're
1: such the Anglophile thing again. You're going to go be a fisherman in the uh, north of England.
0: <laughs> what else is there? There's like the Big Bad Wolf, Harry Potter, the Big Bad Wolf. No, something that's like that. No, that's um, I think you know that. No, it's one about <laughs> werewolves, though. There's like a werewolf-based <laughs> one. God damn it. Cycle of the Wolf. Cycle of the Wolf. <laughs> Harry Potter, Cycle of the Wolf. The drawing yeah. of the three. Uh, what else do we got here? That's it? No. Source, I can't, uh, I'll, I'm can't. I'm i not going to look it up. So what's the care. history? On this day, once upon a time, we slayed Harry Potter. Well, this is the last one. This is the last... And I was trying to think like books get released, but this was probably the like I feel like books aren't as big a deal now. Mm. Thirteen years later, in terms of, like major book releases, uh, people
1: were gassed Divergent. up to some degree about <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> the Hunger Games, um, the Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, um, people were gassed. People are gassed about the Game of Thrones books, right? Game of Thrones books. Game of Thrones. That's so, how you're gonna say Game of Thrones books. It was a TV show. Harry Potter was movies. It's true. They both come from books. They both stink. All both of them. Uh, Because it's the same stuff. Where they're just marching around for the ring (laughs) the whole damn time. Oh, Where's the MacGuffin? Harry I mean, Potter uh, and Ned Stark trying to give a golem. what's all the that, I can't have any. Oh, I got stuff. a
0: Horcrux. I mean a I MacGuffin. I get a, all right.
1: I feel like this is this is where the anger generates right here. We're, we're stirring just <laughs> these dog days of summer. Just She's beating so the wasps Now We have a lot of crossover
0: <laughs> Harry Potter fans who are so mad at us. I think because they don't know we're trolling them. I'm not really trolling them. People are mad at J.K. Rowling's, though, because she came out with some of that yeah, transphobic yeah. talk. Bro, if you got J.K. Rowling money, just shut the fuck up yeah. all the time. Uh, disappear like
1: if I had that kind of money, and gross, sad, gross, dumb, awful, whatever, you would never hear from me. I, if you, I mean, you would hear from me because we're friends. But like if I had whatever kind of money the lady who wrote Harry Potter has, yeah, the public would
0: not ever hear from me again. Uh, I came up, ever. I'm with you on that. But if you have that money and that prestige and that platform, you can't help yourself. Sometimes can't help it. She can't help herself. Stephen King can't help himself. He's on our side.
1: Uh, He's he's.
0: I have a list. This is my list of the top five people that would make me the saddest if I found out they sucked. Mm. People I've really invested in over the years. Yeah, that I would really be disappointed if I found out they were doing some. Like sexual abuse stuff, or some bad shit, or yeah, like yeah, some yeah. real unconscionable shit that I'd have to like For sure. resolve. Here's my top five, uh, in descending order, mind you. So, so this uh, is five to one. Five to one. One being the wor- the one I'd be the saddest about. Five. five. Okay. Mark Marin. I'd be really sad with Mark Maron. Mm. That being said. Mark Marin is an old comedian who used to do a lot of drugs. Yeah, was be- like yeah, like a, so I like that, it
1: was like a heroin for a time. so people like
0: that it's like, I was listen, I was a terrible guy. At yeah, like, I don't, I'm sorry. I'd be the least surprised. I'd be very for disappointed, sure. but it would make the most sense of for all these sure. five sure, people. Sure, sure, sure. Number four, similarly, Rod Serling. I'd be really sad because of what I've read about Rod Serling and what kind of guy he was. Mm. That being said, he's from a different era. You can't cancel somebody who's been dead for fifty years. He's probably really mean to women.
2: Probably. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like man. that's the other part yeah. of it. Like.
0: People are still really mean to women. That's I bet true. Rod Serling was. Uh number number three, Stephen King. Just because I have uh, be tough. It'd be tough. It'd be tough. Find yeah. out Stephen King was secretly a real dick about something that
1: mm-hmm. was important. Well, especially because he's always out there talking and trying to like, be a leader well, and everything yeah. too, so that yeah. would feel really hypocritical.
0: Yeah. Number two, similarly in that same vein, Jon Stewart. I don't know what he yes. could do. That would be high on my like the worst ever list. This yeah, is number really one. Bad.
1: Especially as he's like Near and dear after he was making the rounds a little bit when yeah. he put out that movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you there. Uh, that was my number
0: one. I was only going to go with four, but then I thought of one that was even worse. And that, for me, is Jurgen Klopp. I knew it. I fucking from knew I, it. From Liverpool. He's so pure. He's such a, a good man. Seems to talk about <clears> just <throat> brotherhood and teamwork and, like, giving your best. And if you fail... He has a quote that's my favorite quote in the world. He's like, you go out and you try your best. And if you succeed, then that's good. And if you fail, then you fail in the most spectacular, beautiful way possible. Mm. And I just like I'm like, yes. Amazing. Love it. Mm. Killer. Please don't be a secret, like, terrible person. I'm with you there. Yeah, there's
1: there's a lot of people where it would be a real bummer to hear, you know, to somebody comes out and turns out to be somebody who's not as good of a person as you thought. Um, I would hate to see, and we can extend it to steroids, I would hate to see Derek Jeter. That's the only, I can't see it. And I'm sure That's he was probably not always tough. the most sensitive to women, but, like, they knew what the game was back then. Um, you know what I mean? It's like, he wasn't, like, married for a long yeah, time, yeah. this, say nothing, anything, but if he was doing, like, steroids, like, forced himself on people, I can't, be tough. can't have that, you know what I mean? Um, President Obama, strangely. Obama. I'd be really bummed out if it turned Super out that, like, out. he, besides the fact that he seems to have, like, a beautiful relationship with his wife. Yeah. Um. You know, for anybody paying any attention, that one would be tough. There's a lot of them, though. When I really think about it, so I'm trying to think of all the people. Like, if I found out that like Mister Rogers was a bad guy, mm. can't have that.
0: Well, Bing Crosby, classic bad guy. Who? Bing Crosby. Oh, Remember I mean, Bing he died Crosby. like 70 years ago.
1: I don't care what they did. <laughs> but yeah, people uh, out there now it would be really
0: tough. Uh, yeah, it'd be real tough. Is that, there you go. People i would be real sad about. i have to Tom York. Ooh, Tom be York. Be bummed about the little Tom Super York. Bummed about Tom York. can Did musicians. I put any musicians on this list? I don't think no, I problem, No, probably no. You can't. I can't trust any <laughs> you, musicians you really at all. Can't, can't trust musicians. I gotta say, 2014, Guardians of the Galaxy premiered in Los Angeles. Mm, big moment for you. Yeah, it's a great movie. Um, I have a concern mm. with Marvel, though. I think that Marvel is really trying to chase this movie. Oh, Marvel's done. They're done. It's Marvel's over. Done. You yeah. think it's done?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. By the way, I'll call right here. Marvel's done. Listen. Marvel will, they will continue to put out movies and they will continue to have success but they will be chasing Thanos forever
0: I watched Endgame and
1: then they will have the meta moment where it leads them all back to Thanos in 15 years and they're just like we're gonna reboot Thanos cause nobody cares about this fucking E-list yeah. comic book yeah, that yeah, we yeah. sold 100 copies of
0: yeah yeah Drax the no who's his name Kang the Conqueror you know that's what I mean usually, that's yeah. not come on uh, well, Kang the Conqueror. Kang the warlord, Conqueror. Like, He's coming. You got
1: Jurassic Park, Forrest Gump, Avengers Endgame, and Kang the Conqueror. Kang the Conqueror. The four pillars of America. He Sermon was
0: a uh, time-traveling uh, warlord. He travels through time. So so tired, Sam. <laughs> uh, yeah, stop trying to chase Guardians. No, I Guardians. think Marvel's...
1: It's, they're, not, they're never going to be able to... They shot their shot, man. You had 22
0: movies. I watched Endgame not too long ago, and it does feel like... It feels like the it's right... It's the end. Yeah, hands. yeah. It's, this is the right time. It's a shame. Maybe D.C. will come around and be good. All right. We're real long on history lessons. Let's move on to some uh, other it's stuff. because I was desperately trying to pull away from history with each lesson. <laughs> uh, earlier this week, the United Arab Emirates successfully launched the Hope Pro, the Arab world's first mission to Mars. Mm. Trying to go to Mars. What are your thoughts about going to Mars, Kevin? Like... Sending a probe to
1: Mars or, like, putting my shoes on and going Put to Mars? <laughs> because those are two different things. Um, so I'm, I'm all for probes. I read a really, really interesting article. Background to NASA, we were saying yeah, yeah. before, actually. Um, where somebody basically sketched out what it would be. Like, if you gave... Basically, if you were to give NASA, like, 50% of the budget of the military. And they... Like, basically, formulated out what that looks like over the next, you know, one, five, ten, twenty five, fifty years. If you could make that investment and do it, and the different things they would be able to do if they had the budget, and it was literally astounding. I'll try to find it and I'll show it to you, you know what I mean? Whatever. But, um, I love any sort of exploration off the planet or a broader, larger understanding of the universe we live in, our place in it, and. Space and all the mysteries, you know, outside the ozone layer. I, I love that stuff. It's some of my favorite stuff. So anybody who's trying to go to Mars, send a probe, be out there, uh, it's amazing. Let me ask you a question.
0: Is this is a real thing Does this sound stupid. Can we terraform places?
1: Not really. Uh, the problem, it's not so much that you couldn't terraform, but it's like if you think about, say you wanted to terraform, like, the moon or Mars, it's not so much about we couldn't build the structure because we could do it in Antarctica. That's why there's yeah. a lot of training and stuff like that down there. Mm-hmm. Um, conspiracy corner cats will tell you there's a lot more reasons we're trading the Antarctica. Sure. but like you have that so we can build the things but the problem is getting the supplies right like if you're trying to go to the moon you're trying to go to Mars you're trying to go to wherever to build the structure you would need to build to live in alone just you can't get construction materials out to the moon you know what I mean Yeah. yeah. and there's no like native moonanites that we can exploit and take their resources out <laughs> there or anything so I don't uh, know you would like to see it happen, but that feels unfortunately like far, far past the time that you or
0: I will stay alive. Do we uh uh I'd like to go to Mars if I had nothing else going on. You know what I'm definitely Like done. if I had nothing else going on and like I had no family and like I was just gonna go to a hobby this summer. No, it'd be cool. Like, yeah, just, like
1: maybe um, Mars. No, it'd be great. They, they should just, make some sort of thing where if you have um like a chronic illness. You know what I mean? Like you have like a death sentence, or you and you're not so sick that they can't put you up there. You're like on a life sentence or some sort of thing like that. We have the option, because that was my thing. If I know my time is coming and it's done anyway, yes, yeah. launch me into space. Yeah, and I don't care if I die in some space pod, but I survive floating in space for 16 hours. Cool enough, better than a bed
0: at you know, sane Ease or whatever. Launch me into space. Speaking of launching you into space, do you want to talk about either of the Ivanka Trump stories this week? Hold there are holding, no stories. Well, she's holding those can of beans. Is that a story? And then she tried to do something about jobs and it blew up in her face because she's never had a job in her whole life. Of course not. So, no, we don't want to touch either uh, of these stuff <laughs> We can move past them. That's fine. What's, what's the story? No, I'm with you. It's fine. I, I don't <laughs> mind moving past it. Uh, also this week, uh, Walmart and other major retailers began requesting masks. Too, a little too late, maybe? Of course. It's the end of July. <laughs> Uh, Sam's Club, uh, Lowe's, BJ's, uh, Kohl's, Walgreens, and CVS. I went to a Walmart. Kohl's seems weird on that list. Yeah, Kohl's. Kohl's
1: doesn't seem like, I would never think to find, unless they're ordering, like, fabric masks or, like, you know, non-sale masks or like some sort of thing like that. Like, I would never expect to go there to get, like, a
0: clinical surgical mask. It says here that Aldi's policy begins on the 27th, but I feel like I've been to Aldi and people are wearing masks in
1: there. Yeah, I think also you have to remember we live in New York State and not like Alabama or Georgia or Florida, God forbid. That's true. You know what I mean? Like New
0: York is... When I was in that Walmart, I was like, it's going to be hilarious when they start making y'all wear masks, but no one no not want to listen to me. Uh, all right, moving on. I'm going to blast through some of these. Uh, NBC, getting a lot of flack uh, from local affiliates who are refusing to air their 30 Rock reunion show. Because it's essentially an advertisement for the Peacock, their new streaming platform. Mm. So a lot of these local MBA, uh, NBC affiliates are like, why would we put this on here? Why would we promote this for you? Yeah, uh, interesting. I kind of dig it. Yeah, yeah Although, 100%. Unfortunately, a lot of these companies are like Hearst, Nexstar, Sinclair P- Media Group. Like, terrible, of of terrible course. companies. Yeah. Uh, but I thought it yeah, was...
1: Yeah, this a... is not Bill Cardis up on the hill taking a stand.
0: <laughs> uh... The Boston Red Sox are launching something this week called the, Monst- <laughs> <Next>. <laughs> called the Monster Home Run Challenge. Uh, essentially, fans are not permitted to attend games at Fenway Park, but you have the opportunity to have your presence atop the monster. For a donation of $500 to the Red Sox Foundation, I'm not going to make fun of donations. I don't know where it goes to mm. sure, the Red Sox Foundation. You can have a cutout of yourself sat atop the green monster at Fenway Park for a portion of the 2020 season. What does portion mean? So, does that, I'll get down to that in a second. In addition to receiving your cutout, you'll get a personalized scoreboard message. You're going to right send t- me a cutout of myself? And a 2020 promotional giveaway. If the, okay, this is my favorite part. If your cutout is hit by a home run ball on the Green Monster, you'll also receive an authenticated home run ball. So, you'll get the ball that hits your cutout. Mm. You'll get two Green Monster tickets for a 2021 Red Sox game. Mm a custom home jersey with your last name on it, and a video replay of the home run, which you can get probably on the internet.
1: <laughs> so you're going to give me a YouTube link, one of those uh, cornball fucking baseball jerseys with your own like personalized nickname on it. No, thank you. It's $500. A for- ball that you claim hit the cardboard cut out of me. So if you want tickets to a game and we don't even know if we're going to play next season.
0: If you wanted to do the donation for a full season, it's a $500 first and second half of the season, $1,000, right? Would you be interested in this if it was the Yankees? Where does the money go? To so the New York Yankees Foundation. The Red Sox <laughs> New foundation. York Yankees. What is, so what is, what is the Red Sox I need Foundation? More, yeah, I need
1: more info about the Red I would need the more Red info Sox. about the... No, not for $1,000.
0: No. Not I've
1: for $1,000. If I was, like, mega wealthy, I'd buy the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like, put them, like, Black Lives Matter t-shirts or uh. something, but...
0: No, the their no, tagline. Not. Here's the tagline for the Red Sox Foundation: They harness the passion of Red Sox Nation and transform it into a. That vehicle sounds terrible for positive That's change terrible. in the community.
1: Oh, what are they? You're gonna like? You're gonna
0: uh, come on. My favorite person of the week: uh, This man from uh, who, col- who collected his 95 million dollar lottery jackpot, dressed up as Darth Vader to keep his identity mm. secret. You
1: love. That's right. To see it. You do love to see it. I appreciate I would, your recognition of my techniques. Definitely. I've been saving that Darth Vader costume. <laughs> Don't uh, call me.
0: Do we want to talk at all about Kanye West's wild rambling thing from yesterday? Sure. Because I I watched about ten minutes of it and it sure. was a rambling mess. Uh, it's
1: the equivalent, right? It's disgusting. Uh, it's it's one of my, like when people talk about how the media, discuss them. This is one of the places where I can overlap with those folks. Uh, it's no different than selling tickets to watching a man bleed out live on stage yeah. and die. Like This man is obviously deeply mentally ill. He's pretty open about his struggles with staying on his meds, keeping meds at work, and his battles with bipolar. And these people sell fucking tickets to it like it's a circus and exploit this man's mental illness. Kanye West has not always been the best dude. and He's got plenty to answer for. And yeah. if you tell me you don't like the guy... You don't respect the guy, you're not into the guy, whatever. I hear you with you know a lot of that. You can have your feelings. But at the end of the day, we're exploiting a mentally yes. ill person for, for, for gain in the media and for fucking clicks and for ratings and for fucking LOLs on Fox News and whatever it is. It's disgusting. It's offensive. Don't stick your nose up at me. I can't have it. Like, no, I'm not into it at all. It makes me so sad. And I can't believe there aren't enough people in his life who love him enough and have enough control over him to get him help he needs when he needs it. It's gross to watch, and it's uh, it's no different than watching lions tear apart fucking gladiators in Rome. As far as I'm
0: concerned, really, when you really want to talk about it, love it. It's my well said. Uh, well said. Uh, do you have any Spotify picks this week before we go out? Oh, you
1: always you never give me a minute. Hang on. You do talk I got about bunch. some stuff, and then I got my playlist here.
0: I got a bunch. All right, so let's see. I got a real indie rock kick this week. Mm. I don't know why. Um listen to a lot of Smashing Pumpkins mm. and a lot of Alice in Chains, but just the Unplugged album. Mm. It's really good. I forgot how good that Unplugged yeah, album is. For sure. Uh, I got into an indie band that I forgot I liked called Chavez. You ever listen to Chavez? Uh, no. They're pretty cool. I'll, seems
1: I'll... like t- I can tell by the name of that band. He was like that band.
0: Um, I really dig uh, this new Home Shake album that I got into called mm. In the Shower, particularly the track She Can't Leave Me Here Alone. She Can't mm. Leave Me Here Alone. Mm-hmm. If you like Home Shake, it sounds like all the Home Shake tracks. They're very smooth. Is Interpol on your list? You were in a big Interpol kick before. No, so I was not. Inter- I played. No.
1: I, I made up one song and it just sounded like an Interpol uh, song because it's not hard to do.
0: I listened to a few old Ben Fold songs. I've been pulled five songs earlier this week. Uh-huh. And then uh, last but not least, uh, I heard the song, A Favor House Atlantic by Coheed and Cambria. Yo, yeah,
1: I listened to A Favor House Atlantic quite a bit. <laughs> Today I was driving around blasting Welcome Home by Coheed and Cambria. <laughs> So the first song I'm selecting is Welcome Home by Coheed and King. Shout out to Cliff Montoni. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Favorite House Atlantic is a banger. Absolutely. It's a banger. I forgot about it. Absolutely. I was like, oh, this song
0: kicks. It slaps Absolutely. real hard, as the kids say. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. All I uh, so
1: thing. yeah, Spotify picks. Let me see. Let me see. What do I have? I don't know what I picked last time. Um, I don't know what I'm picking now, but I've definitely got. I have a list called Unicast Ideas. This was your idea to do these segment. No, it was my idea to give. It was my idea for you to give me a warning and for me uh, to give I you see. tracks that you put on a playlist that we release to the people. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So one hundred percent different. We have our playlist that changes every week. I like a playlist. I will throw a playlist. Well, yeah, we got. I mean, we have the people. We don't have the playlist for the people. Um, the thing that I really wanted to put on there that I fuck, I can't find it right now.
0: Um, look on the playlist.
1: We'll release we'll the playlist. The playlist. And we'll, we'll show it to you. will see it.
0: Here, you send me one because I don't know how to do it. I'm SF Doom as always.
1: Uh, yeah, we'll figure that part.
0: All right. Out. Uh, we'll figure that out. Oh, uh, I'm gonna try and get Heather on next week because she's got a big announcement for some stuff. She's... Oh, that would be great. We would love to see Heather. Yeah, I'm gonna get Heather on. I know she gets nervous when I have Higgins on. i saying she's gonna take your job. It's not gonna happen. Does she really? Heather, you're never losing your job. Never. You'll be here forever.
1: Never. You could if you listen,
0: you take, I'm gone. <laughs> you, Higgins, and Heather. I'm yeah. out of here. <laughs> It's going to take um, me that long
1: to find my Spotify pick.
0: Uh, follow Kevin at underscore Kevin Sullivan. Follow me at SF SF2. Follow Aaron Higgins at Aaron underscore new underscore shoes. Follow Heather at HeatherWaz1. Or just follow the show at Udicast. We are on Facebook, SoundCloud, Spotify, Instagram, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Podcast, Spotify. We are taking over the web. Uh, sayonara, Humanoids, key Keep it tight. Woodstock lives. Uh, we are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. Continue to roll. We will see you next week. For another episode of the Uticast. Be safe out there, folks.